Good afternoon, everybody, and a very warm welcome to you from a warm and sunny um, New York State. So in preparation for the Gemini full moon tomorrow and for the largely unrealized vision of a worldwide day of invocation on this day, I thought it might be useful to refer to an important passage in the appendix to volume five of a treatise on the seven rays, which is the rays and the initiations. In February, 1949, DK delivered a message about five great spiritual events that he saw all human beings consciously or unconsciously participating in. He suggested that these would characterize the post-war years. And for us now, as students of these teachings in the early decades of the 21st century, there's a sense that these are very much alive, very much working their way out and shining through all the significant events that make up the collective stories of nations and peoples and are very much important in our own stories. We can usefully approach our turbulent times through the lens of these five events, seeing the ongoing global pandemic and the current stresses around race in the US as part of an unfolding narrative and doing so in a way that helps us to stand with humanity while at the same start time, standing with hierarchy and the unfolding plan standing strongly. The five deepest spiritual events that DK outlined in 1949, just at the end of his period of work with Alice Bailey, were the crisis of the ideologies, the steady awakening of people everywhere to better understanding, the growth of goodwill as it reveals cleavages, the partial sealing of the door where evil dwells, and the use of the great invocation. And then he pointed to two events that lie ahead in the not too distant future, um, depending upon humanity's response to the opportunities presented by the five events listed above. And the two coming events are shown as the closer approach of the hierarchy and the imminent return of the Christ. This brief passage gives us a sense of time, of evolution, and of where we stand. We're within the period of the immediate build-up. Right now, today, we're in the period of the immediate build-up to the Gemini full moon, the second day of preparation. Gemini, duality, and change is in the air. This full moon is the festival of the Christ. It's the festival of humanity, which is also the festival of goodwill. And the Gemini full moon is observed as World Invocation Day, a day when those who love the Tibetan's teachings are called upon to do what we can to encourage large numbers of spiritually minded people of all traditions to use the great invocation as if it were their invocation, and to think about the role that invocation can play in the development of right human relations. Esotericists understand the word men, derived from manas, to refer to the human species in its entirety, men and women, young and old, and to the archetypal human, acknowledging the wisdom view that the human kingdom is masculine and the Deva kingdom is feminine. And for this reason, the original wording of the great invocation is used in most Lucis Trust gatherings. However, the word men has been changed to human in the adapted invocation. This has not been done out of any sense of political correctness, but it's been done out of a serious respect for the new language emerging from people of intelligent goodwill around the world, acknowledging the fact that this new language is a result of the arising of the feminine principle and the result of a growing concern to honor and respect 
the rights, freedoms, and responsibilities of every individual human being, regardless of gender, ethnicity, or faith. Changing the word Christ to the words coming one affirms and more importantly draws attention to the recognition that the one who is expected, known by many as the Christ, is not the Christ of one particular religion or Christianity, but the Christ universal, what's sometimes referred to as the anonymous Christ, expected under different names by different cultures and faiths. As the Franciscan priest and ecumenical teacher Richard Rohr has written, Christ is not the last name of Jesus. Long before Jesus's personal incarnation, Christ was deeply embedded in all things. That's from um, Richard Rohr's book, The Universal Christ. So can we pause for a moment together of absolute silence, followed by a sounding of the adapted version of the great invocation and concluding with a single ohm. In the meditation at the end of this broadcast, we'll use the original version of the invocation. So let us stand together figuratively, holding a point of tension. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let, light, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. As a way of preparing ourselves for the Christ Festival and for the worldwide use of the Great Invocation tomorrow, I want to return to the five spiritual events noted by DK in 1949 and consider very briefly the crisis of the ideologies and the suggestion that use of the Great Invocation as a spiritual event that has a significant role to play in the story of what is happening to us as a species right now. The essence of the message about the crisis of ideologies is that it was not so much the battle that was raging in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s Cold War era between democracy, communism, and socialism, or as it was often framed between communism and capitalism. It's not this that this battle was so significant spiritually. The crisis was and still is that each of the ideologies has its own serious problems to face. Communism in 1949 was a significant problem in the eyes of hierarchy, not because of anything inherent in the philosophy or ideology, but because it was being used by governments as a totalitarian force against the will of the people and imprisoning the human spirit. The much vaunted democracies were DK suggested, not true democracies, Using the language of the day, he decried the lack of freedom in democratic countries 
citing the United States, for example, and its failure to live up to the Constitution where Negroes are concerned. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, true democracy is as yet unknown. It awaits the time when an educated and enlightened public opinion will bring it to power. Towards that spiritual event, mankind is hastened. And while some in the late 1940s regarded socialism as inherently evil, DK suggested socialism can degenerate into another form of totalitarianism, or it can be more democratic than the present expression of democracy. So all of the three ideologies DK asserted in 1949 have, quote, a religious and spiritual side. All of them are tainted with materialism. That's the end of the quote. And as people respond to the visionary side of the ideologies to address problems of greed, selfishness, and materialism within their own societies, so spiritual growth occurs. And this is what matters. This is where evolution can be seen at work. From the hierarchy's viewpoint, it didn't matter if someone was Democrat, socialist or communist, Catholic, Buddhist or unbeliever. The only thing that mattered was for people everywhere to seize the opportunity of the post-war period to become more true to the ideals of freedom, sharing and right relations. And perhaps now more than ever, it's becoming possible to move beyond ideology and to see forces of goodwill finding creative expression in response to the problems of our day, in response to the cleavages that goodwill is revealing. Strong, transparently good initiatives are to be found in the midst of the high emotions of cities across the US just as they are to be found throughout this country and around the world in response to the COVID pandemic. Inevitably, initiatives fueled by goodwill reveal cleavages. And this is what we see happening all over the world today as the human spirit takes up anew the mantle of transforming these cleavages to bring about integration and wholeness. As we set our eyes on the energies pouring into humanity during this coming Gemini full moon, it makes sense to focus on the call for energies of light, love and power that can be invoked from higher sources. For it is these higher sources and the energies that they radiate, that have the power and the potency to uplift, transform, and reorient the mind and heart of humanity. These are the energies that lift the vision towards possibilities for cooperation and sharing. And these are the energies that find expression in communities and societies as simple, clear, transparent goodwill. Gemini impulses remind us that we are dual creatures. An ancient Upanishad likens the two aspects of self, the two aspects of every single one of us, to two birds on a tree. A bird of delight, immersed in joy and harmonious being and a bird of busyness, immersed in all the separations that are so accentuated in time and space. As we become conscious of the two birds of our own being, so does the way forward become clear. To learn to observe both birds with detachment and love recognizing two parts of one whole, so that when one bird flaps its wings on the tree, the other in some way reflects, reacts to or responds to that movement. As we grow in our ability to observe, 
we notice our sense of self shifting. The keynote for our meditation in Gemini speaks of this. I recognize my other self. And in the waning of that self, I grow and glow. Through the simple act of detached observation, practiced with persistence and dedication, identification with the bird of separation begins to wane losing its absolute hold on our day-to-day -day identity. And over the time, the bird of delight begins to assume a stronger role in our sense of what is real. As it is for each individual aspirant and servant of any tradition, so it is for each spiritually attuned group and for humanity as a whole. Returning to the five spiritual events outlined by DK in 1949, we might focus on the critical significance of the fifth of these events that DK outlines, the release of the great invocation and the vital role to be played by invocation in the thought life and prayer life of humanity. As the higher energies of light, love and spiritual purpose are consciously invoked by humanity, so will these energies evoke and draw forth the resonant qualities in the mind and heart of humanity and in all areas and fields of human relationship. As human beings begin to play their role in the great process of the earth becoming a sacred planet, significant numbers of spiritually oriented individuals and groups from all spiritual traditions are recognizing the reality of the higher realms of life and consciousness. And as they do this, it is critically important that more and more invoke these higher energies consciously on behalf of humanity as a whole with the knowledge that it is these higher energies that have the power to reorient our societies, nations, professions, and lifestyles. One of the ideas that struck me most strongly in revisiting DK's 1949 comment on the significance of the Great Invocation was the thought that throughout history, Powerful invocations have always been used during times of transition. And someday, he suggests, a scientific study will be made of the great world prayers, spiritual statements, and invocative appeals, and their relation to world events. And it's in this sense that he speaks of the immense significance of the use of the great invocation as a critical element in the transition into an Aquarian era of right relations. He also helps to assuage doubts when envisioning a future in which this prayer, the Great Invocation, will be used widely, noting that only a few, this is a quote here, only a few, a very few, in the early days of Christianity employed the Lord's Prayer, end of quote. It took centuries for it to become so widespread. As well as ensuring that the great invocation is seen and heard by as wide an audience as possible, particularly as we approach World Invocation Day tomorrow, what is perhaps even more important is the way in which we ourselves approach this invocative appeal. Seeing it as a call coming from the very heart of humanity. The powerful rise of goodwill in our world is revealing all the spiritual cleavages. These are becoming so evident in our broken and materialistic approaches to economics, education, law, and agriculture throughout the world. As we use the great invocation and invite others to use it, the task is to use it as if it were being sounded by humanity as a whole calling forth the energies needed in order to take an initiatory step 
onto the discipleship path and into the interdependent age. So friends, we're now going to move into the uh, a video of the Festival of Humanity. This will take about nine minutes, about a nine minute video. And then following the video, we will work together with the meditation, Letting in the Light. The Festival of Humanity, World Invocation Day. Invocation is an ancient spiritual practice a powerful technique for working with energy. Rightly used, it can change consciousness and assist in the transformation of the world. Invocation expresses a voiceless appeal, an inherent urge towards the light, something which is innate in all forms. It is the cause of an unborn child freeing itself from its mother's womb of a human being pushing into realms of greater knowledge and creative expression, of the spiritual seeker driving forward on the way of liberation, and of still greater beings penetrating into realms of divine life beyond our comprehension. All progress on the path comes about through invocation and evocation appeal and response. As we imaginatively step outside the bounds of what we previously believed possible into an expanded worldview, we set in motion forces that can help us solve our problems. It strengthens our resolve to create this new world of unity, brotherhood and compassion we hold within our hearts. The observance of holy days, days when people gather together for prayer, meditation and spiritual community, has always held a central place within the different religious and spiritual traditions of the world. Today people and groups are increasingly joining together across traditions, finding common ground in their search for light. As we move into the Aquarian Age, we are acknowledging some of the wisdom of our ancestors who understood the importance of working with and learning from the rhythms and cycles of nature. These times correspond to the rhythms of the soul with its interludes. It's time for the inbreathing and outbreathing of spiritual energy. The most obvious and natural cycle is the monthly waxing and waning of the moon as it reflects the light of the sun. The full moon is a time when there is an abundance of light and group meditation at that time provides a means of approach to the subtle realms of consciousness. As we participate in this practice, we begin to sense a greater livingness within ourselves a fresh relationship with a group of all who love and serve, and a deepening sense of responsibility and purpose in our lives. We enter a stream of living energies, a stream that underlies and conditions all life. The full moon has been identified as one of the most spiritually significant days of the year. It is known as World Invocation Day. On this day, people throughout the world join together to participate in a vast meditative effort for planetary healing and reconciliation. This day is also known as the Festival of the World Teacher of the Living Christ. According to the Ageless Wisdom teachings, he is the true spiritual leader of our planet, and the invocative and evocative work in which we are involved is aimed at preparing human consciousness for his return. 
standing in his own place at a central point in Asia, remote from the throngs and the impact of humanity. The world teacher will bless the world at the exact moment of the full moon, focusing the will to good and stimulating the will to love in all people of goodwill. All are needed and all can contribute to the outpouring stream of love that radiates forth from this event to all the corners of the earth. The more people who participate, the stronger will be the created channel through which the contacted energies can flow. The effect of this collective participation will be to awaken the hearts and minds of people everywhere. One of the most effective ways in which we can participate in this event is through the use and distribution of an ancient prayer, the Great Invocation. It has been given out to all humanity and encompasses the work of the world teacher for the new age now upon us. The invocation is said to carry tremendous potency. It voices humanity's unspoken cry for the light, the love and the purpose needed for the Aquarian civilization and provides a means of aligning with and distributing spiritual energy. It is both a prayer and a mental demand to bring forth these divine energies and includes a call for the coming world teacher expected by people of all faiths and known by many names. No one can work with this invocation or prayer for illumination and love without causing powerful changes in their own attitudes, life intention, character and goals. Such is the power of this great mantram when it is used regularly and with persistent effort. Together, we can work to contact, hold, and distribute spiritual energies in the service of humanity and the planet. Please join people around the world in using the Great Invocation on World Invocation Day and on every day of the year. The Great Invocation, the Adapted Version From the point of light within the mind of God let light stream forth into human minds let light descend on earth From the point of love within the heart of God let love stream forth into human hearts, may the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. So, in 
this second day of preparation for the full moon tomorrow, let us work together in silence with the meditation outline letting in the light. Group fusion. Together we affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servants, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. We say together, I am one. <coughs> I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. And we extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. The higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energy streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. And using the creative imagination, try to see the three planetary centers Shambhala hierarchy and humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought for Gemini. I recognize my other self and in the waning of that self I grow and glow. I recognize my other self and in the waning of that self I grow and glow. Precipitation. Visualize energies of light, love and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Divine love flowing from Shambhala through hierarchy, focused in the Christ, through the group of world servers. through men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world and anchored in a myriad physical centers of distribution.
the lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. And together as a group, let us sound the affirmation. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the Divine Self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. And now visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy. Imagine it streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. And consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. distribution. As the great invocation is sounded across the world throughout this period of the Gemini full moon, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the entire human race. From the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into the minds of men.
let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, friends. Thank you for this work we've done together. As part of the global act of invocation taking place throughout this Gemini period. Just a reminder before we go that the broadcast tomorrow, the Gemini full moon broadcast on the day of full, the full moon will occur at um, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States at 6.30 p.m. Summertime in Britain, which is 5.30 GMT, and at 18.30 um, in Geneva, Central European Summertime. And that will be broadcast again on Zoom. You can find the link, um, lucistrust.org slash broadcast. The full moon itself, tomorrow the Gemini full moon is at just after 3.30 p.m. at 3.31 p.m. Um, here in New York and Eastern Daylight Time. At 12 minutes past eight in, in the evening in British summer time, which is 12 minutes past seven GMT. And at 21.12 in Geneva time, Central European summer time. And as part of this overall alignment during this really precious time of the Gemini full moon, the Arcane School Conference from London will be being broadcast from tomorrow through Saturday and Sunday on Zoom for Arcane School students tomorrow from at 10.30 a.m. Um, here in U.S. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. British Summer Time and 4 p.m. in Geneva. And the public sessions on Saturday and Sunday both begin at 9 a.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. British Summertime, and 3 p.m. Central European Summertime, Geneva Time. And you can find all the Zoom links at lucistrust.org slash conference slash London. So, all these details.
thank you friends and thank you for this work we've done together and we will be linking again tomorrow when we meet again for the full moon broadcast thank you goodbye